2: Him in prison and then this is what we need to understand so true david brock and some of these organizations have already raised tens of millions of dollars for an impeachment process then they want jail to the chief they need to understand that this is a war this is we are so far beyond normal politics sean we are in a very dangerous moment And while president trump is a very strong leader and a man of strong constitution he was able to survive all of this during the campaign and get elected president. When you're president and you are faced with the kind of monolithic opposition you were talking about, plus a federal bureaucracy that is completely out to undermine him every day, the intelligence community that is engaged in some of this as well that we have heard, I hope to God that he is strong enough to withstand this. They are out oh, to destroy him because enough. if he succeeds, the country changes for the good and they must not allow that to happen. Hey
1: guys, I'm Monica Crowley and this is the Monica Crowley Podcast. Thank you so much for joining me as we kick off a brand new week. This is your go to for Hot Liberty, a safe space for all of us thought criminals, independent thinkers, and happy warriors. On social media, on Instagram, I'm at Monica Crowley underscore, and on Twitter and True Social, I'm at Monica Crowley. And by email, I can be reached at monica Crowley podcast at gmail.com. All right, later this week on the show, we're going to talk to a billionaire, a former top George Soros investor. He was Soros' chief investor and made a hell of a lot of money. But now he's completely done a 180 and he is now totally MAGA. His name is Scott Bessent, and he will be here with a deep data drive into why and how Donald Trump is leading by so much with the odds now favoring Trump to be elected the 47th president of the United States. Now, a million things can and will happen between now and Election Day. But as of right now, Mr. Besson is running all kinds of data. And it was reported over the last couple of days by Bloomberg and by many others, his analysis of this. So he's going to join us here on Thursday with this. It is fascinating. You're not going to want to miss that. Next week, the legend himself, Ricky Schroeder star of the iconic film, The Champ, and big 80s shows like Silver Spoons. He is still acting and directing, and now he's also doing some really important work on behalf of children and pushing back against this insane cultural Marxism. Ricky Schroeder is going to be here, and I am so excited. Today, we're going to chat with a regular American His name is Michael Oxford of California. You may not know his name, but you should because he's an everyday hero. You're going to hear his incredible story moments away. He also has a Tucker Carlson angle to his story. And I do want to talk about Tucker Carlson in Moscow talking to Vladimir Putin today also. So we're going to get with that as well. So strap in. First up, the Monica Memo. The parasites are running the country. Remember last week, a bunch of criminal illegal aliens beat up a New York City police officer in Times Square, the crossroads of the world in front of a bajillion people also caught on camera, and then they got sprung by the Soros DA, Alvin Bragg, and some of them fled to where else, California? California also a very famous sanctuary state where they thought that they would be safe because generally, yeah, they will be if they're criminal illegal aliens. Then remember, one of the criminal aliens who got sprung was caught on camera flipping us the bird. That thug is not a woman or a child. He's not fleeing a war-torn country. He's not a refugee seeking a better life. He is a military-age man with no job prospects, no skills, and no desire to assimilate. He is a parasite, here only to exploit Biden's weakness to create havoc for us. Murder, rape, drug dealing, child abuse, drunk driving, terrorism, who knows As a wise man once said, they aren't sending their best. There is a very human toll to this wide open border and illegal immigration catastrophe. Americans murdered, raped, injured, robbed, carjacked, displaced, all for the illegal immigrants storming this country and taking over. I want you to listen to this poor, poor man. His name is Frank Tomorrow. He is 95 years old. He's a United States military veteran who fought in the Korean War. And guess what? New York evicted Frank from his nursing home to build a shelter for illegals. Listen to him.
0: It was very disgraceful what they did to the people in island shores. They gave us time to get out, but they never said when. And they never said they were going to get us out. And then one day, there's a thing on the board, a notice on the board, you got to be out by March 15th. I think that gave us like a month and a half to yeah. find out where we're going to go. I thought my Suitcases were going to be on the curb because I'm not that fast. If it wasn't for my daughter, they would have been on the curb. <laughs> but mm. that's what it happened. And uh, that was it. I said, no, 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 you're not moving me. And they said, yes, 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 we are. And it, uh, everything was done behind closed doors. Yeah. We didn't have a chance to actually make any attempt. To stop them because there wasn't enough time
1: heartbreaking my heart breaks for frank tomorrow he has lived a good solid law-abiding life he has made it to 95 years old world wars fighting in the korean war surviving covid and god knows what else 95 years old And his city and his state and his country are bouncing him from his nursing home to make room for illegal immigrants. This is infuriating. But this is what you get with America Last. My heart breaks for Mr. Tomorrow. He is an American hero who is being thrown out of his home in his final years to make way for foreign criminals. Few things incense me more than this. Into this cataclysm comes a Democrat bill. It's a Marxist bill that has the support of some useful Republican idiots like Oklahoma Senator James Langford, who ought to resign on the spot. None of these people have any conscience or sense of shame, so none of them ever resign. Ilhan Omar, it it doesn't matter. They just, they will not resign. And on our side, Ronna McDaniel, this is an equal opportunity betrayal. People simply do not resign in disgrace anymore, and it's dragging the entire country down. Let us remind Senator Lankford and the other useful idiots who support this garbage bill of their oath of office, which requires them to put America and its citizens first. Sound familiar? Right. Only Donald Trump took his oath seriously. The oath says, I do solemnly swear that I will support and defend the Constitution of the United States against all enemies, foreign and domestic that I will bear true faith and allegiance to the same, that I take this obligation freely without any mental reservation or purpose of evasion, and that I will well and faithfully discharge the duties of the office on which I am about to enter, so help me God. And they do it on a Bible most of the time. So the the oath is apparently meaningless to most of our so-called leaders. Because if they took their O seriously, why is it that the United States faces an unprecedented crisis at our borders and crisis now throughout the country, thanks to Biden's intentional policies that threw open the border and incentivize illegal immigration through free healthcare, loaded debit cards, and a free place to live, free education for your kids? You name it, all free if you just break the law and come across the border. Democrats and the Biden administration think it's A-OK to sell the American people down the river so they can get more money for Ukraine. That's right. This garbage bill has another $60 billion for Ukraine. I think now we're well over $200 billion total since this war began. That's all being laundered. All of that money is being laundered back to them. So, of course, they want the war to continue. And, of course, they want to continue pumping billions of dollars that we don't have and can't afford and which you will pay for into the money pit known as Ukraine. These psychos care more about other countries' borders than our own. And that is a stone-cold fact. They don't care. They don't care. You know, like if you drive by a garbage dump and then you take your water bottle and you throw it on the garbage dump because you don't care. That's what it's there for. Well, guess what? That's how the Democrats view America. That America is a garbage dump where they throw all of their crap on top of it and then they torch it. What is going on right now under Biden is the torching of what they view as the American garbage dump. And that's why I'm calling this the garbage bill. This garbage bill is a very expensive amnesty bill. Make no mistake, it is an amnesty bill. This is worse than the Gang of Eight bill back in the 2000s. And we managed to defeat that, and this one's gonna go down too. But this is what I mean about how the left and the Uni Party and the Deep State and the Military Industrial Complex and the Imperial Media, they are relentless. If they lose a round, they can come right back the next day. It's like one of those blow-up clowns. Remember we used to hit the clown and the clown <laughs> was full of air and would like almost hit the floor and then come bouncing right back? that's what they are. They never stop. This is an amnesty bill that will enable illegals to vote so Democrats can gain that permanent Democrat voting majority and hold power forever. They want a one-party country. And you know what a one-party country is? Communist. Communist. Like California and New York, we will never see Republicans in charge ever again. You will never get a Republican president ever again, and likely never again a Republican Congress either. Oh, look how great California and New York have turned out, right? Shining cities on a hill, more like shining piles of human feces and drug needles. That's what they want for the rest of the country, because this is a Marxist revolution. And this garbage bill is another cornerstone of it. They want the entire country to look like that thug, illegal alien who flipped us the bird. That's what they want. As long as they can put a lock on their own power and control, that is exactly what they want. Trash the country and then rebuild it in a socialist, communist image with them in perpetual power. And they actually said this. Democrat Senator Chris Murphy literally said in a tweet that with this garbage bill, the border never closes. He literally said the quiet part out loud. The border never closes, which is, of course, the point. A perpetually open border. This garbage bill costs $118 billion, again, money that we do not have and cannot afford. It fast-tracks eligible asylum claims, and again, there's so much asylum abuse in the system. Trump tried to get a handle on it, but they've got it right back on track. Anybody and their mother can come in and claim asylum like, oh, I'm fleeing a dangerous situation, and they don't have to prove it, and they're going to fast-track these people. It gives Biden and DHS authority to shut down the border only if overwhelmed temporarily, meaning it would allow 5,000 illegals into the country per day before having to enforce a Title 42 kind of expulsion authority to get them out of the country. Remember like the COVID era, Title 42? Guys, remember when Obama's DHS Secretary Jay Johnson once said that 1,000 illegals per day would constitute a crisis? Here they want to codify 5,000 per day as the new normal. Bring them on in, 5,000 per day. The number of illegal aliens allowed to cross our border every day should be zero. Single adults are still removed, family units are released into the U.S., and asylum cases are fast-tracked through U.S. Citizenship and Immigration Services. ICE detention has also increased to approximately 50,000 from the current 34,000. This garbage bill also expedites two-year work permits for those released into the U.S., allowing them to work immediately. Oh, you can't find a job? or you're working two jobs because you can't find anything decent, well, they're going to take that job from you. The garbage bill also includes uh, migrant and child rights, rights to counsel, government funded by the U.S. taxpayer. What about our rights? Don't I have the right not to pay for legal counsel for illegal immigrants? Where are my rights? Where are your rights? Like I said it also provides Ukraine with a whopping 60 billion dollars. This is on top of the uh, nearly 200 billion we've already sent over there to be laundered. 14 billion for Israel, 20 billion for our border, but it's not really for our border. It's for more judges and personnel to expedite these people to be processed to get in and stay in the country. Ukraine gets more money to protect its borders. Because, of course, it does. This gives Ukraine three times as much as it allocates to the U.S. border. So is this a deal for the United States or is it a deal for Ukraine? It's pretty clear which one. The bill also has asylum rules that have been added where illegals must prove that they will be persecuted if they return home. But here's an important note, guys. The Trump administration, as I mentioned, put a stop to asylum abuse because he worked with neighboring countries like Mexico so that people truly seeking asylum, like legit asylum, could do so in the first safe country they entered rather than further risking their lives to reach the United States. Maybe the most devastating part of this entire bill, and Stephen Miller pointed this out on Twitter. DHS Secretary Mayorkas, who is in the process of being impeached by the House, um, can directly grant illegals asylum in a special new process. Asylum status confers welfare access, green cards, chain migration, and a path to full voting citizenship, which is, of course, the point. So this bill uh, consolidates that decision-making with Mayorkas. I mean, answer me this, Batman, why are Republicans in the Senate going down this road of like accommodating all of this illegal immigration and making it legal, making it permanent, while the House is impeaching the DHS secretary who's presiding over this nightmare. The bill also uh, has asylum uh, being expedited, as I said, but they've switched it up in the bill. So now U.S. citizenship and immigration services officials are granted the authority to grant asylum instead of immigration judges. Well, what could go wrong there? Hello? Very similar to the asylum rule that Biden put in place in 2023 last year, which was expected to reduce the process from years to months. So again, fast-tracking these people, and they're going around the court system and just consolidating all of this in the executive branch, whether it's Biden or Mayorkas or this organization, they're going out, they're, they're keeping it inside the executive branch rather than going through the court system and the judiciary as you know we've done for decades and decades. The bill also provides $1.4 billion to FEMA for non-governmental organizations. They're called NGOs and cities to help settle illegals and $650 million to build and reinforce the border wall, which Biden stopped building and was actually paying people to not build the wall. Now he's saying, well, he wants at least part of the wall, but come on. Where did all that initial border wall money go? Where did it go? And I guarantee you this border wall under Biden is not going to be built. This is all virtue signaling to, to try to keep Republicans on board. Biden has the ability to ignore all of this like he's ignored everything else, including Supreme Court decisions. The bill also provides $450 million to countries to help them remove and integrate illegals back into their countries. Guys, why are we paying other countries to take back their own citizens? They should be paying us. By the way, $1.4 billion for these NGOs to resettle illegals in our communities via airplane tickets and hotel rooms, that's nearly double the record amount from the last fiscal year that we spent. I mean, almost a billion of this is available immediately in this bill. Just throw around a billion dollars to resettle all of these people. Now, according to Senator Lankford, who was the lead negotiator of this garbage bill, Uh, He said that the notion that 5,000 people were coming into the country every day is absurd and untrue. But in the last fiscal year, 2023, there had been 2.5 million encounters of illegals at the Mexican border, which breaks down to over 7,100 per day. Lankford has no idea what he's talking about and doesn't care to know. Is he compromised? I mean, you really have to be either a complete idiot or compromised to, to develop this bill with the Democrats. Gives the Democrats literally everything they want, and Lankford has no idea what he's talking about. This is so disastrous that even when in an emergency, as the bill calls it, the Border Patrol is supposed to let in a minimum of 1,400 people per day. That's more than half a million per year, and that's in an emergency. This allows for a population the size of Phoenix, Arizona, to cross into our country every single year, and probably way more than that. It is unbelievable that any Republican could ever think this is even marginally acceptable. 1,400 people per day should be the minimum for deportations under any deal, not allowing them in. Chuck Schumer threatens that if this garbage bill isn't passed, Americans will be sent to fight in the Ukraine war. So again, these are mafia tactics, right? Holding a gun to everybody's head? I don't think so, Chuck. Speaker of the House Mike Johnson and Steve Scalise uh, have both said that this legislation is dead on arrival in the House and that they're not even going to bring it up for a vote. The vote in the Senate is supposedly taking place tomorrow. <laughs> I mean, they release it Sunday night. They give people 48 hours to read a 370-page bill, and then they're going to jam it through? I don't think so. But if the House is not even going to take this up while they're in the midst of impeaching Mayorkas, why would McConnell, well, we know McConnell helped draft this garbage bill, but why would any Republican walk the plank for this catastrophe knowing it's dead? Why would they take this this BS vote that's going to kill their political careers? I mean, come on. It's a disaster. Trump condemned this. Elon Musk condemned this. This bill is a great gift to the Democrats, and it's like a death wish for the GOP. Why would you give up the commanding heights, the moral authority, and the political advantage you have over the Democrats to do this if you were rational You wouldn't. If you loved America, you wouldn't. If your job were to represent the American people and your constituents, you wouldn't. Unless you were compromised and or making money from this chaos and destruction, which sadly is many of them. Americans asked for the border crisis to end. This is a relatively easy faucet to turn off. This is a gusher, but we have the ability, and the president has the ability, to turn it off today, now, in five seconds, with a pen and a phone. But our compromised leaders spent weeks, if not months, designing a bill that incentivizes more illegal crossings and gives piles of cash to the borders of other countries. They do not want to fix this. Everybody needs to wake up and and figure out what's actually going on here. They do not want to fix this. It was fixed when Biden came in, thanks to Donald Trump. Donald Trump had the border and the illegal immigration situation largely in hand, largely fixed. Was it perfect? No. No, but it's very difficult in a, a country of this size. But he had removed all of the incentives, and he was enforcing the laws on the books, and he was enforcing the border. They do not want to fix this because it was fixed when they came in and they destroyed it on purpose. Thank goodness for Texas, which has put up the razor wire, even as the feds keep taking it down. But Texas has had huge success just in the last couple of days. A dramatic drop in illegals crossing the border at Eagle Pass, where the wire has been installed. Something like an 80% drop in illegal crossings. Listen to Texas Governor Greg Abbott.
3: The area where we uh, have have occupied this park in Eagle Pass, Texas, that we put up the razor wire, uh, there used to be 3,000 or 4,000 people crossing that area a day. Uh, For the past three days, we've averaged just three people crossing that area.
1: So, yeah, Biden and his team could change the policy and stop the illegal crossings right now if they wanted to. They don't want to. Too many people will lose money and leverage if the faucet turns off and also they don't want to stop the great reset you know the the whole replacement theory is exactly right and it's the great reset it's all about erasing the world's borders to create a one world government and in fact just look at what's happened in europe which has been way ahead of us in terms of illegal immigration and legal immigration from the third world. There's a guy on Twitter. He goes by the Patriot Voice. His handle is at TBV underscore John. And he wrote this quote, it's a directive straight from the United Nations that goes back to the year 2000, which is around the same time replacement migration from third world and sub-Saharan countries was also implemented across the European Union. Most of Europe is now destroyed and unrecognizable as a result. It will never be the way it used to be, as most family lineage has been erased and replaced. Europe was just a test phase, which was wildly successful. America is the true target. Why do you think mass migration is part of the sustainability goals of UN Agenda 2030? Once America falls, then the world falls, and the new world order, one world government, can commence. He is exactly right on this. Exactly. That is the whole ball game, right there. And that's what you get with America last. Look, this whole thing... This whole thing was a setup. First, to box the GOP in as obstructionists who don't want to fix the border. They want a talking point going into the election. This is why, and Laura Loomer has pointed this out, she's right. This is why Speaker Johnson never should have agreed to another CR. Because the Democrats then have set this up because it's such a garbage bill. All the Democrats are going to vote yes, assuming they go ahead with this vote in the Senate. Uh, you're going to have a bunch of Republicans voting no. Maybe some like Romney, Collins, Murkowski, whatever. Uh, they may go and and vote for this in the Senate. But the whole thing is going to die. But it gives the Democrats a talking point. And you know what? Republicans are going to lose the House probably before November, sooner rather than later, definitely after November, after this whole debacle. And the second point that they're doing this is to tie Donald Trump's hands on illegal immigration and the border when he becomes president again, so that he can't deport and he's got to let in thousands every day and he will have no recourse because this will be the law. Think about this. They want to stop Trump from enforcing immigration laws, enforcing the border, and stopping the tide of criminal illegals like he did in his first term. They hate Trump more than they want the safety and security of the United States. They view the United States as a garbage dump. This is what we are dealing with, guys. True evil. This is what you get with America last. This garbage border bill is the perfect example of the utter contempt, raging disgust, and pure hatred your so-called leaders have for you. They spit on you as they try to destroy you and the country you love. You know what? They can kiss our asses because we are taking America back. When we come back, I want to talk briefly about Tucker Carlson being in Russia, and in a couple of minutes, we're going to talk to a regular American hero. You're going to love his story. Sit tight. We're in our New Year's resolutions era. Am I right? Well, resolving to eat healthier this year was easy. Actually doing it, not so much. Better nutrition is a key to health and longevity, and a healthy diet could even help you avoid health risks that run in your family. Field of Greens is my healthy super fruit and vegetable habit. It's the only fruit and vegetable product that literally promises better health. At your next checkup, your doctor will notice your improved health or your money back. Do your vitamins or green drinks promise better health? Nope, they don't. Each super fruit and vegetable in Field of Greens was doctor-selected for a specific health benefit. Some support your heart, lungs, and kidneys. Others support metabolism for healthy energy and weight loss. So if you resolve to get healthier in 2024, it starts with Field of Greens. And guess what? I got you 15% off your first order and free rush shipping. Visit fieldofgreens.com and use promo code MONICA. That's promo code MONICA at fieldofgreens.com. fieldofgreens.com, promo code MONICA. All right, welcome back. Well, a uh, big, big leaked news over the last couple of days that Tucker Carlson, who has his own independent thing going now, the Tucker Carlson Network, and he posts a lot of exclusive material up on X, Twitter. Uh, he's been talking to Elon Musk. He was the first one to launch an X exclusive show. Uh, and he worked with Elon on doing that. And it's hugely successful. And he's just, he's crushing it out there. He's crushing it in the alternative media universe, for sure. Well, over the last couple of days, there's been footage and photos of Tucker with his team in Moscow, in Russia. And the speculation has been that he was there to do a sit down with Vladimir Putin. Now, yesterday we saw some photos of his uh, small motorcade leaving the Kremlin, and the word is he had a full hour with Vladimir Putin, and I'm sure we're going to see it, um, and it may already be up by the time uh, you guys hear this show, but I am very eager to watch that interview. That is going to be something, right? I mean, that is going to be absolute blockbuster, because Tucker is a truth seeker, now is Vladimir Putin's a reliable narrator? No, he's a killer. He invaded a foreign country and Russia, you know, is still Russia. But journalists are supposed to go and talk to everybody. The meltdown by the regime tools when they got word that he was in Russia, Adam Kinzinger and Bill Kristol, all the regime tools came out to condemn Tucker as a stooge of Putin. You know, this is their go-to smear. Oh, you must be a Russian asset if you want to seek the truth or at least have a conversation with someone like Putin. You must be a Russian asset. Their smear is so boring and predictable and tedious but they still trotted out. So, yep, they brought out their tedious smear. Oh, Tucker, you know, he's, he's a pal of Putin. And Bill Kristol went so far as to say on Twitter that maybe we shouldn't allow Tucker back into the country until we can figure out what's going on. I mean, talk about a totalitarian impulse, and Putin is supposed to be the bad guy? I mean, we got plenty of tyrants here at home in the U.S. Journalists are supposed to talk to everybody, And in many cases, the more odious the character, the better. They had no problem with the likes of Barbara Walters and Diane Sawyer and Christiane Amanpour and so many others talking to Putin, Fidel Castro, the Ayatollah Khomeini, I mean, these are like the world's worst bad guys, and nobody had an issue with that. But Tucker goes to talk to Putin. Suddenly, he's a Russian asset who shouldn't be allowed back into the country. You can see what's going on here. They don't want the truth aired. They don't want questions that might expose the truth being asked of Vladimir Putin. You know, nobody is an apologist for Putin here. I am certainly not. But what we have seen since 2015, 2016 with the Russia hoax, and then for, you know, the last eight years, is that the left, the deep state, the imperial media, all they have done is used Russia, again, as a garbage dump to hide their own nefarious shenanigans. Is Russia, uh, you know, is Putin a saint and is Russia a great actor on the world stage? Of course Not. But that doesn't mean that they are necessarily guilty of everything the left is tacking them with. In fact, they're not. They're doing other stuff. If I'm Putin, I'm going, are you kidding me? You're, you're pinning the <laughs> Russia hoax on me. I had nothing to do with that. I'm doing other bad stuff, but I, not that. We will see what Vladimir Putin tells Tucker Carlson. It is going to be a fascinating interview and good for Tucker for doing it. Good for him. All right, let's hit a quick break. When we come back, uh, we're going to talk to a genuine, regular American hero. You should hear a story. It will infuriate you, but it will also inspire you. So that's coming straight up. Sit tight. Okay, guys, listen up. A lot going on, all stirring the uncertainty pot elections in Taiwan, North Korea on the brink, Iran increasing its aggression, our own election coming up. There's a lot of global instability swirling around. How have you sheltered your savings and investments from potential major setbacks to the economy? It's not too late to diversify an old IRA or 401k into gold, and Birch Gold Group can help you do that. As opposed to many other investments, gold thrives in times of uncertainty, and it's an important part of diversifying your savings. Here's how Birch Gold can help make it a part of your portfolio. Birch Gold will help you convert an existing IRA or 401k into a tax-sheltered IRA in gold, and it doesn't cost you a penny out of pocket. Just text Monica to 989-898 for a free info kit. With an A-plus rating with a Better Business Bureau, countless five-star reviews, and thousands of happy customers, Birch Gold Group is your trusted go-to for diversifying with gold. Arm yourself with a knowledge of diversification through precious metals. Just text MONICA to 989-898 and claim your free info kit and protect your savings with gold today. Well, I wanted to do something very special today and have a special conversation with a special person. And we normally don't do something like this, but I really felt it on my heart over the last couple of days to seek out this person and then to have him on the show. His name is Michael Oxford, and we're going to talk to him in just a second. But to give you the background of the story, I guess it was Sunday morning this past weekend, and of course, the very first thing I do after praying is reach for my phone because that's what we all do. And I know, I know, I know it's terrible, but I reach for my phone and I usually open up Twitter. And when I open Twitter on Sunday morning, um, my Twitter feed immediately opened to a particular tweet. So this tweet was at the top of my feed. And it was from a man named Michael Oxford, and I wasn't following him on Twitter. It just automatically fed at the top of my feed. So this is signal number one from God that I should read this tweet. So here is how the tweet begins. Quote, I'm currently sitting at my house with no power due to lack of payment. I'm 40 years old, and this has never happened to me in my life. It is embarrassing to admit on the internet for the world to see, and I'm not proud of it, but it is my current reality. So as soon as I read those opening lines of the tweet, I immediately opened the tweet and read the rest of the story. And it is an unbelievable story of where we are in Biden's America and what is going on To regular, hardworking Americans who are having their freedom stripped away, their livelihood stripped away, everything that they have worked for and built over the course of their entire lives being taken away by the communists who are currently running the country. So it was on my heart to respond to Mr. Oxford. And so I put up a tweet to his tweet, which also has been read by thousands and thousands of people like his, his original tweet went viral as well. And then I reached out to him yesterday. And I said, I would love to have you on the show, because my audience needs to hear your story. So he very graciously said yes. And Michael Oxford joins us now. Hi, Michael.
3: Hi, Monica. Thank you so much for having me. It's quite the intro.
1: (laughs) Well, you deserve it, for sure. And I really, I mean, God moves in all kinds of ways. And this was pretty clear. Like, I don't always hear God. I try to pray, you know, and I, I try to be a good person of faith. I don't always succeed, like none of us always succeed. But um you know, when I saw this tweet of yours, I, I, I heard him pretty strong <laughs> say to me, y- you have to help this, this person. You have to help Michael Oxford. So that's why I sent out my tweet and how I wanted, why I wanted you on the show. Um, I should make mention that on Twitter, if you'd like to follow Michael, he is at Goat. SC for Santa Cruz, as SC Mountain Goat. You want to explain that handle before we get into your story?
3: That was just sort of uh, <laughs> that was sort of something that started as a joke a few years ago when I started ultra marathon running and moved up to the Santa Cruz Mountains, and it sort of stuck and just became my handle.
1: Well, I love it. S C Mountain Goat on X slash Twitter if you want to follow him. Okay, let's get into the reason for your tweet. And again, you say that you're in your house in California. You have no power uh, because lack of payment and you've never been in this position before in your life, but this is what you're dealing with now. Take us back to what you do for a living. You're a tradesman. Tell us what you do and how you have now found yourself in this position.
3: Well, I'm an audio video guy, sort of the redheaded stepchild of the trades. Um, Do smart homes, automation, motorized shades, lighting, speakers in every room, TVs, that kind of thing. And I also do commercial, um, depending on the company I was at, I was doing residential, but I'm also a member of the IBEW uh, Electrical Unit, a local 595. Sorry, I'm at a public library, so I apologize if the audio is a little loud. That's okay. But, um, yeah, that's, that's what I did for a living, and, well, I decided to take a stand, I guess, and it sort of ruined my career.
1: So so let's talk about the timing on this, because when I sent out my tweet, dovetailing with your tweet, I made a particular note of the timing. So COVID comes to America like January, February of 2020. March of 2020, the country locks down. Everybody has to face these mandates, mask mandates, social distancing mandates, then later in 21, vaccine card mandates in many places. So the mandates are everywhere wear, but you're working throughout this period without a mask, no problem, and then you fast forward to, I think it was January, February of last year, 2023, when the pandemic is long over, you go to a job site, and what happens?
3: Well, that's why this whole thing was so mind-boggling, because we had just gotten through the whole Biden trying to make all the companies with 100 or more employees try to force force their employees to take the vaccine. And I was super stressed out that entire time, like tons of other people were. Once we got past it and Biden, Biden straight up said the pandemic's over. And then all of a sudden they decided to impose a mask mandate on this job that I'd been on for months, And there was no mask mandate and the pandemic's over. So, you know, there was other job sites that I was on where I had decided to wear the mask and every single time I did it was like it was you know like killing a little bit of your moral compass every time you did it when you don't you know it's not doing anything you know it's all for theater and you did it anyway and February I was just done I was just done with it and I really didn't think it would turn into a thing and it ended up not only getting me fired but this this industry that I'm in audio video especially the high-end audio video like you know who the clients were, whose homes that I worked at. And, well, it's a very small industry, and I'm not saying some, you know, I've been put on some black list, but uh, none of the companies that are from the Bay Area will even touch me. And before, I didn't have to look for work. People would offer me more money than the company I was at, and that's the only reason I would leave whatever company. So it's uh, This whole thing has definitely turned into... I wouldn't call it a blacklisting, but as soon as people dig into me a little bit, see my Twitter account, see that I have opinions, see that I was on Tucker Carlson, just nobody seems to want to hire me anymore.
1: So let's go back before we deal with the Tucker aspect of this. Um, so you're working basically throughout the pandemic, et cetera. No mask, no real issue. But last year, when the virus is long gone or, you know, everybody has either gotten the vax or whatever. And anyway, the, the pandemic is largely over. Um, all of a sudden you go to a job site and they're demanding that you wear a mask. I mean, I, I it boggles my mind the timeline on this. At that late date in 2023, you're getting fired for not putting on a mask. It is so absurd to me. Did anybody else with whom you were working, Michael, did they also refuse to put on a mask, or is it just easier to go down the road of tyranny and put one on your face to keep your job?
3: No, that's what everybody did. Yeah, you just put it on, and yeah, and nobody from my last company will talk to me either and the funny thing is my company consider themselves con- you know conservative and well so <laughs> it goes to show that people won't really sta- most people won't really stand up to their convictions if they get even a moderate amount of pushback on their convictions and and yes this was in february of 2023 so that's why i decided like just no i'm not doing this anymore and yeah i didn't think it would turn into what it did
1: it it it's just mind-boggling again the timeline on this um okay so you take a stand you will not put a mask on your face in february of 2023 for goodness sakes uh you get fired and then the next day uh you're on tucker carlson how did that come about
3: (laughs) yeah that was quite a shocker um well, I made the video – so after I got fired, I just made a video as I was driving home and, and posted it without even really thinking about it too much. And I, funny, I wasn't going to. I talked to my best friend right before that, and he told me that I should. So I did, and I posted it. And by the time I got home, it had gone super mega ultra viral. And shortly after I got home, uh, Tucker's booking agent contacted me. And <laughs> you know I was shocked. She was the first person to contact me, not – not like smaller platforms or anything, you know, just Tucker Carlson, all of a sudden. Boom.
2: <laughs> yeah,
1: gone. yeah. Number one show. Let's go.
3: Yeah, it was hilarious.
1: Well, I saw that segment. And by the way, you've also linked um, in this viral tweet that you sent out on February 3rd, you've also linked the Tucker Carlson interview. So if everybody goes to at SC Mountain Goat, Michael's uh, Twitter account, you'll find the viral tweet and you'll also find his Tucker Carlson interview, which is great. Yeah, I, I saw it at the time. And then I went and rewatched it last Sunday uh, before I reached out to you. And I was like, oh, that's right. That's the guy who could who got fired last year for not wearing a mask. So you're on Tucker Carlson. And of course that goes mega viral for you as well. um, In addition to that viral video you do. And now I think after that point, that's when you start to get, I know you don't want to use the word blacklisted, but you start to get shunned from all employment. What's that been like for you?
3: It's been, it's been interesting to say the least because I've been talking about, I've been studying politics and government for the last eight years, like studying, it's all I do. And I'm sort of one of those people that if, if something is repeatedly done wrong or something repeatedly starts breaking, then I'm just, okay, I have to figure out why this keeps breaking and California is broken. So I've been trying to get to the bottom of why for the last eight years. And then all of a sudden this happens and it pushed me into starting a podcast which I've been wanting to do for a very long time because I have very in-depth conversations with a lot of people and we talk about a lot of important things. So it forced me into doing my own thing. It's not really paying me, but I'm doing my own thing now. It's something that I never thought it would... It's going really well so far. And the thing with employment is the more I go into talking about controversial issues, you know, things like, I don't know, biological boy they shouldn't be competing against girls that's super controversial to say now it's it's insane but you, it hurts your party of employment and since this has gone on i said okay i'm i'm kind of blacklisted from audio video maybe i'll just switch careers and i live in i live in the santa cruz mountains i live in i'm a trail runner i love all the trees around here it's sort of my thing I see all these guys around here trimming trees all the time, redwood trees, and trees go down. And, and there's Davy Tree Company out here. So I, I was like, you know what? They had an apprentice tree climber job. It was something It started at like $57,000 a year, almost half of what I was making before. And <laughs> well, I start applying repeatedly, and they keep returning me down repeatedly. There's tons of jobs listed by Davy. And time goes on, and it just starts seeming weird that they will not hire me. I don't think this is because of they might have gone online and seen my my online profile but then I get a message from somebody that runs an arborist company that lives locally He was like hey man because he like just to let you know if you're trying to get into that industry is like unless you're if you're unless you're in with the Latinos you're not going to get in he was like they strictly and I it sucks because you, saying that out loud I almost have this um, like oh I hope you have this gut reaction where you don't want to come off as being racist for saying that you think that your skin color, your ethnicity is hindering you from getting a job. But I really, it really legitimately seems like that is also playing a role in me not being able to get, get a job. So now it's the fact that I got fired for refusing to wear a mask. I'm unvaccinated. My skin color, I'm male. I'm heterosexual. I'm a Christian. All of these things are hindering my ability to get employment. At the same time, this tree climbing job, I'm 6'6", 230 pounds. I'm an ultra marathon runner. I'm high IQ. I communicate really well, but I can't find work. I'm highly, highly capable of doing lots of things, and I can't find work. This is an ideology problem at this point in California. So I'm, I, I believe that just running for office and doing what I'm doing now is what I'm supposed to be doing for a living. California has eliminated... Just being a worker, I was perfectly fine just going to work and being a trail runner and having dogs. I was perfectly fine doing that. And California has made that not an option for me.
1: It's unbelievable that the communists left in this country has taken beautiful states like California and absolutely ruined them. And I mean, ruined them, not just... Not just to the naked eye ruin them, although it's done that too, but ruin the lives of the people who live there, ruin California for the rest of the country. And of course, that's their objective is to ruin it. But. There are so many stories like yours of the the human cost of this Marxist revolution, the human cost. You know, once you were on Tucker Carlson, I guess that was the end of the story, because if somebody Googles you and then boom, that clip comes up, if you're in California, You know, maybe you don't want the guy who was on Tucker Carlson because you just don't want the headline that that company hired the guy. It's so disgusting and outrageous that this is where we are in this country, but unfortunately it is. Now, the good news is, as you mentioned, running for office, you're taking this experience and you're going to turn it into something really positive for yourself, for your community and for the state. Tell us what you're doing.
3: Well, that's the goal, but I have no assurances whatsoever. I have no assurances that I won't end up homeless on the street. This this is why it's a huge risk. And well, what I'm doing is running for California State Senate. Just after all of this, I it, this was this happened on a whim as well. And I actually the funny thing is, I actually decided to run for California State Senate the same the same day I interviewed for a, at a local Christian organization here for an audio video supervisor position that I was perfect for perfect resume, perfect background. It was already what I've been doing for 18 years. So but I decided, you know what, I'm going to I'm going to just get my name on the ballot. So I did. And I decided to run for state Senate. It's an easier process than people think. And well, I'm glad I did, because that company, you know, everything went. Everything went fantastic in the interview. Everything went completely well, um, had great rapport with the person, and I was completely honest with them about what happened, about getting fired, without wearing a mask. And they told me, straight up, this will not hinder you from you know, moving forward. Well, that company ghosted me. They decided not to contact me again. So that was sort of, that was sort of like the last straw. It, was, it, it becomes pretty demeaning after a while, Mm -hmm. when you're repeatedly turned down, especially for remedial work. That was a supervisor position, but I've been turned down as a grocery store clerk. It it starts eating away when you're just repeatedly turned down for basic work. So I'm glad I decided to run for California State Senate because I think that's my next job. And I, I interview with Californians instead of interviewing with this ideology
1: Yes, and look, everything happens for a reason, so as horrible as it is, and I'm so sorry for what you're going through, and the audience should know, Michael made mention of this at the top of the interview, but he's doing this interview from the public library in his community because his home doesn't have power For the time being, because of lack of payment, because he cannot find employment, because he took a stand against wearing a mask and all of the communist tyranny that went along with wearing a mask and all of the COVID mandates that were so arbitrary. In my tweet to his tweet, um, you know, I reminded everybody that in 2020, at the height of the pandemic, Gavin Newsom Michael's governor in California was out dining without a mask at the French Laundry, $500 a plate. And then Nancy Pelosi out of San Francisco had a salon open up just for her and was photographed walking through that salon. Yes, Without a mask. But three years later, Michael Oxford loses his job and his livelihood because he refused to put a face diaper on. And we all know that the mask don't work anyway. So the whole thing is absurd. Um. Before we get into your campaign and how it's going and the issues that you want to talk about on the campaign, can you tell us how you're doing now? Will you be okay? Because I noticed um, on your Twitter feed, Michael, that people want to donate. Like, do you have a GoFundMe or a Venmo or something where people can donate to help you out?
3: So I should clarify my i I got enough money to pay the bill. It was this was uh, you know also a they turned my power off a lot sooner than i thought they would i got behind on the bill and i had you know a couple a few grand coming into my account in a few days but it's just i had to wait for it so i have i have the money the power's been i've paid the bill but the reason the power's still off is because it's off in my entire neighborhood there's tons of downed trees we have a massive storm
1: Oh, okay. Okay. That makes me feel better. Okay.
3: Yeah. And, and no, I'll, I'll be fine. I didn't, I wasn't, I didn't put that post out to ask for money. I wasn't trying to ask for sympathy. This is more to illustrate that, you know, I'm not, I'm a capable person and I'm, I, well, I I want to work. Well, now I'm working for myself. It's not paying me. This podcast and campaigning for California state Senate. This is a ton of work. And people have no idea how much work goes into this, but I'm using all my own stuff. I'm using my own car, I'm my own campaign manager, and yeah, so I'm okay. I'll be fine.
1: Oh, good. I'm happy to hear that. Well, we should make mention that Michael Oxford is running for the California uh, State Senate. Is the Legislative District 17, so California 17 uh, Legislative District. That's where he's running. And uh, the website is Oxford2024.com. So if you want to support and donate to his campaign, Oxford2024.com. All right, so tell us about the issues. I know the border is a huge issue in California, like it is in Texas and Arizona, and frankly, the rest of the country.
3: Yeah, well, California has a lot of major, major issues. And I think the ones that are the biggest on most people's minds and the biggest on my mind is the out-of-control fentanyl use, homeless fentanyl dealing, and also the crime. To me, those all sort of fall under the same umbrella, because it's the same bad view policies. The Prop 47, you know, just decry- Prop 47. You know, a lot of everybody knows that it made it essentially legal to steal nine hundred and fifty dollars of merchandise from any store. But most people don't know that it essentially legalized open air pub- public drug use mm. of anything, and also legalized selling that merchandise on the public streets. <laughs> Not legalized, obviously, but it made it a misdemeanor and the DAs aren't going to go after misdemeanors around it. Another huge issue here that I don't think a lot of people is on a lot of people's radars is this huge offshore wind project that they're planning for California. If you think your electricity bills insane now, it's going to skyrocket. And the amount of environmental damage this is going to do is going to be a catastrophe. It's not cost effective. It doesn't make any sense whatsoever from any angle that you look at it. And this is another giant money grab that the California middle class is going to have to pay. for. It's just like the high-speed rail, but with huge environmental consequences. So those are some of my issues. I have a lot more you know, affordable housing, but parental rights. Parental rights is a huge issue. There's yeah. Insane things are happening in schools. Teachers having sexual conversations with students without parental consent. That's madness. That's insane to me. And then teachers telling kids, hey, you can be a girl now. Biological boys, you tell them you could be a girl and you can go compete against them in rugby and change in the locker room with them. It's just madness. The things are maddening that are happening out. Here. So it's, it's, it's not just one issue. It's, <laughs> I, we need people that are willing to go into the le- legislature and battle them to the bitter end because these people are evil and they will push back with everything they have. And most people will roll over to these people. Most people will, I will not. I will get in their way and I will battle them to the bitter end.
1: Oh, I love that you're doing this and I've lo- I love the entire story and the fact that you've taken this horrendous situation that is grossly unfair and completely outrageous and you're turning it into something positive for your community and your state. Um, Oxford for Senate, Oxford2024.com. The election is November, I assume, right? It's part of the general election. Do you have a primary in California? Are you running against other Republicans?
3: Oh, yes, there's definitely a primary and it is in one month on March 5th. So same date as the presidential primary. And there's two Republicans that I'm running against as well. So there's there's the horrible Democrat John Laird that's been around since before I was born. He's a career politician, he was once the mayor of Santa Cruz. Just, just your typical horrible California Democrat that votes for everything that Scott Weiner votes for. But then you've got the two Republicans. You have got one guy who I actually kind of like. He actually seems like a cool guy. I'd probably get along with him. He's into boxing. He's um, you know, good. He's he's good with veteran services. Um, just a, a good in the Latino community. Just a good Salinas dude. I like him. He's not trying at all. He's not doing anything. And to me, this is another person that doesn't, and he to me doesn't know the issues. It's just, he just seems like he's kind of coasting through and, you know, wants the nomination. That's not why I'm here. I'm here to go to war. The other guy that's running as a Republican is a straight up Democrat. This dude is a Democrat in Republican clothing. He's friends with Ted Lieu. He's friends with Andrew Yang. He's friends with all the Silicon Valley, um, AI tech bros. He's, He's, yeah, he's completely a Democrat in Republican clothing. So they're both, and neither one of these guys are America first. So it's just, it bugs me. I'm more conservative than both these guys.
1: Well, that's why this district and the state needs you, Michael. We need more common sense America first candidates, normal Americans who understand what's going on, who understand the stakes, and have the courage to stand up and fight for themselves and, again, their communities, their state, their country, which is why I wanted to have you on the show, because you are the quintessential America first deplorable, uh, in Hillary's words, who really just wants to take his or her country back. I admire you so much for taking this negative situation and turning it around and for putting yourself out on the line like this, Michael, to actually run for office to have an effect uh, and to try to change things starting with the local level. I talk about this on the show all the time. We cannot affect real change unless we focus on the local level because that is what the left has been doing for decades. While well, we've been focused on international And the national level in Washington, the left has burrowed in to all of these local offices. And that's where the real change comes. This is what community organizing is all about. This is why the Marxists do it so well, because they know that it's all about the local stuff. So my hat is off to you. I admire you so much, Michael. I really do. And again, if people want to support and donate to your campaign, it's Oxford2024.com. Where else can people find you? Tell us about your podcast.
3: Yeah, you can find me on YouTube and on Rumble. You can search Santa Cruz Mountain Goat or you can search the Cali-based podcast. One word. And you can also find me on Instagram, but I don't really use that platform much.
1: fantastic and again on twitter slash x it's at sc for santa cruz at sc mountain goat so go follow uh, michael check him out and the again the website oxford 2024.com check him out if you like what you see please support and donate support him however you can because we need more people like michael oxford michael thank you so much
3: Thank you so much for having
1: me on. Okay, guys, that's going to do it for me. Thank you so much for being here and for checking out our great sponsors. Have a very good start to your week. Stay safe. We will be right back here on Thursday. Thursday is the day of the Nevada caucus uh, for the GOP. Donald Trump is leading by, I don't know, 50, 60 points. So not a lot of suspense there, but we will be covering it and uh, we'll be all over it. So uh, join us for that. And we've got that X. top Soros investor, the billionaire, Scott Besant, is going to join us with his data-driven analysis of how big Trump is actually winning going into November. Again, we don't want to jinx it, but he's got this really fascinating analysis. So we're going to bring it to you on Thursday. Be here for that. I'll see you then. This episode of the Monica Crowley podcast was produced by Bayhockel Entertainment, LLC.
0: Without the ones like you who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery.